Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hello, friends, and welcome to a new week of the 1620 The Jays podcast. I'm your host, John Bishop, and coming up on this week's show, we are going to hear from Creighton forward Emma Ronsick, Creighton women's basketball star who's off to a great start this season. And as we have crossed the midway point and we are well into the throes of Big East play, Josh Peterson will sit down with Emma and talk about her year so far. And a little bit later on, a bit of a postmortem on the volleyball season. Head coach Kirsten Bernthal Booth was a guest of Jimmy Allen on the Creighton Athletics Hour. You'll hear some excerpts from that interview. And then to wrap things up this week, speaking of midway points of the season, I'll take a look at where the men's basketball team, as they head into a very important stretch of this season, as we near the middle point of January. It's all this week on the 1620 The Jays podcast. But first, let's turn things over to Josh Peterson. John, thank you so much. We welcome on to the podcast. It is a senior forward from the Creighton women's basketball team. It is Emma Ronzik. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Good. How are you? I am doing excellent. Uh, we are talking to you fresh off of the uh, the nice win on Wednesday night. Um, one of the things, so Rob Sims and I were on the call for the UConn game uh, last week, and, and we wondered aloud on the broadcast about moving past a loss like that given that like it was obviously not what you were hoping for going into the game, but it's also a really good program. I wonder how you kind of compartmentalize that because a couple of victories since shows that that seems like the team was able to move on pretty, pretty good. Yeah, I mean, when you play a team like UConn, they're going to bring out a lot of the things that you really need to work on. And I think we kind of got away from just the little things and we got away with it offensively against Drake in Wyoming because uh, we were putting the ball in the hoop, but we definitely had some defensive lapses. But then when you play a team like UConn and you're not shooting the ball very well, they're just going to bring out everything um, poor that you need to really work on. And that game, it brought everything to the surface. And then we talked to the next day. And then Flan said yesterday that he thought we had one of our best practices of the year right after that. And so I think when we practice well, you're going to play well. So I think just kind of sitting with that loss, but then also really moving on and learning from it has helped us in these last two games. I liked what you said there, sitting with it, but moving on. It, it seems like you kind of have to do a little bit of both, right, given how that game went in and maybe the pressure of it being UConn and looking for that first victory versus a program like that. Yeah, I mean, basketball season is kind of unforgiving in the way that it moves so quick. There are games back to back. So if you really want to like think about that loss and just really sit with it and never really move on, you're not going to learn from it. You're not going to get any better. So I think just taking that, um, going to bed that night obviously sucked. And then waking up in the morning, we had practice. And then we just really, really kind of moved on. That first day, practice was a little tough. But then the next day, I thought we got way better from that. But yeah, it was a tough loss. But I think we learned a lot from it. 15 games into the season, the team is 12 and three. You know, you've come off of uh, individual accolades in each of the last two seasons 
as well. How do you feel like you're playing as an individual player? And, and how do you think that the things have come together for, for you and, and your other teammates so far this year? Yeah, I think just being a senior, I want to um, just keep giving my teammates and my coaching staff um, the looks and the playing time that they need uh, to see out of me. Um, I take pride in being able to uh, move on from missed shots in the past years. I have not been good at that, but this year I've just really um, taken that role because the coaches and my players um, or my teammates need that from me this year. And I think that's the proudest thing that I am about for myself is just being able to move on from the plays. But then individually, I mean, obviously I've been scoring the ball a little better than I was last year, but I think that's also an testament to my teammates, getting me the ball, getting really good passes from them. So I think it's just kind of an accumulation of everything, confidence coming back this year, and then just my teammates being really willing to pass the ball and really good passers this year. I'm curious how you have been able to to move on from those poor shots better. How has that happened from you or for you one year to the next? Yeah, I think it's kind of just a maturity aspect on my end. Last year, I was kind of just in my head way too much. And I think it hurt the team a little bit. And it definitely hurt myself, um, just not being able to move on from those things. And people were always trying to pick me up or trying to do these things. And it kind of just took a toll on everyone. So I just decided that it was time to move on and mature. And I think I've really stepped into that role this year. Um, but it's easy when you play with such talented players that you see them um, getting excited for your um, success, but then also their success. So it's just really fun to be able to play carefree and just like in the environment that we have this year. I feel like you are the fourth or fifth player that I've had a chance to talk to on the podcast this year, going all the way back to, you know, October, November, right as the season is is starting. And, and what you just said is it seems like a through line. The chemistry of this group, it seems incredibly high. Obviously, you are a part of a, a core that's now been together for multiple seasons. But but what is it like being a part of a group like that? That, that you know, when I hear you say I give a lot of credit to my teammates for X, Y and Z, it, it's not lip service. And I can tell that when it's you or your other teammates, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think we just have something really special um, with this program. We have six seniors and then um, Lexi, three juniors, Michaela. We just have, we're so close. And I feel like a lot of people or a lot of teams can say that. But us six seniors, um, we've been together four and then Lauren three being a transfer. And we all just really um, have stuck together these last four years. And it's been really fun to just see everyone get better and progress, especially Mallory break. I think she stepped into a huge role this year and I'm really happy to see that success coming out of her. Um, but yeah, it's just so fun being best friends on and off the court. I think that makes the experience here at Creighton much better just because if you're only playing with um, friends instead of your best friends, it can be a little, um, I think that's actually a huge thing. Um, but yeah, it's been an amazing four years and it's so fun playing with these girls. So you said it a few minutes ago that the season, the way a basketball season can be, it flies on by. I have to imagine that you are trying to do your best to just live in the moment and not think. I mean, it's already January. It's mid-January already. Suddenly it'll be February, then it'll be March. And and so I have to imagine that living in the present is super vital for you and your teammates. Yeah, definitely. Just because obviously we played last night and then we have an off day today, but then we play again on Sunday. It's just kind of like a never-ending Um, sequence of events that you just have to like keep buying in keep getting better at every day and I think that's just what makes basketball so fun is because you can't really sulk in the moments that you um, aren't um, progressing in basketball or aren't progressing with scoring 
So I think that just makes it so much better for us just because we can move on. And I think the maturity of our group this year has just really been spot on this year with um, moving on from lapses and adjusting to what Flan and the coaches want from us. I wanted to ask you about your three-point shooting because you were mm-hmm. shooting it from deep uh, less this season. You seems like you're picking your spots a little bit more. Your your three-point percentage is up, as is your field goal percentage. I mean, essentially, all of your numbers are up uh, You know, over the course of, of your career. But I, I wonder how much that has been cognizant on your end versus something that that came from you know maybe one of your coaches or, or coach flan yeah i think the coaches um i know they've had um conversations about it and me and chevy have talked a lot um just having the confidence in myself to understand that in some ways i am a three-level scorer and i think it's just kind of an attestment to the maturity that myself and all my other teammates have met have made this year that some of the shots that I'm taking, I'm not thinking about. And I think that's why I've had so much success this year is just because um, I'm not really thinking about it. I'm kind of just playing basketball, playing the game with some of my best friends. That just makes it so much easier on everyone, easier on myself. So, yeah, I mean, the threes and the twos that I've been getting, I kind of just realized, like, after I take it, I'm not thinking. And I think that's what really killed me last year is because I was thinking too much. Yeah, and you're coming off of obviously one of the best performances of the year in that large win over Butler, ten to fourteen from the floor, over seventy percent, but only one for two from three. And so it's it's been it's been really fun watching uh, the evolution uh, of you and all of your teammates. You mentioned a few minutes ago uh, the performance that Mallory Bray catch. He's coming off of a couple of really good games, and so the diversity it seems like in what you and your teammates have been able to do this year, I think, has really jumped off to me when I'm watching in person or watching on TV. Yeah, I think the team, everyone has gotten better on an individual level, but that's also just helped the progression of the team. I think Brittany, um, Keani, and Kennedy have really stepped into their roles as sophomores or Brittany, a redshirt freshman, um, and they make us better every day in practice. And like Flan said after the game, I think Jamie Horan doesn't get enough credit for what she does in practices and in the game. She gives us really high-quality minutes, and it's just fun to see those types of players come in and make such a huge impact on the game. Because sometimes what they do doesn't really end up on a stat sheet, but I think they're really one of the difference makers on the team. So before we let you go, we, we as we record, uh, we have had a lot of snow lately. We're going to have some more mm-hmm. snow. It's about to yeah. be below zero. I, I don't know about you. I am someone, Emma, that like when the weather is not bad, it's more about the sunlight. I like seeing the sun. It makes me feel happy. Uh, yeah. You you are competing at a very high level. What are weeks like this like for you when you know snow days happen for for you know the the other students at Creighton? You you still got things to do. You got a game this weekend on the day mm-hmm. where it's going to be like the coldest that it's been around here in quite some time. Is, is there like a part mentally where you have to give maybe some extra focus, given that it can kind of be easy to say, I'd rather just sit on the couch and sweats all weekend long. Yeah, I've definitely had those thoughts because especially when it's raining or it's snowing, just seems seems like a good option to just watch a movie. Um, but that's not the reality of um, really any athlete, let alone basketball players um, midseason, just because the season goes by so fast. Uh, limited off days, lots of practice, lifting. Um, but I think I've just been doing it for so long and my teammates have been doing it for so long that this has just became the usual and it's a, and it's an awesome usual. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but yeah, just realizing that this is kind of a job and this is what we signed up for. And this is something that we love has made it a little bit easier when we get these snow days, uh, to get out of bed and go to practice. 
Well, it's uh, it's been so much fun to watch. It's been such a joy to watch and cover this team. I look forward. I'll be on the call uh, this weekend for the matchup versus Providence. Emma Ronzik joining us on the pod today. Emma, thank you so much for taking the time. Uh, congrats on the success of you and the team, and uh, good luck moving forward. Thank you. Thanks for having me. John, back to you. This week, the Creighton women will play host to Providence Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock over at Sokol Arena. You'll be able to catch that game both on Nebraska Public Media and on 1180 The Zone. And then the Jays get a week off. No midweek game next week. Next up will be Villanova on the road, 11 a.m. tip from Philadelphia. That will be on CBS Sports Network. So an opportunity for the Jays to get a little bit of a breather after this Sunday and regroup for the stretch drive of Big East play. Coming up, we'll hear from Kirsten Bernthal Booth. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. Wednesday nights or other nights when the sports schedule allows, depending on if there's a Creighton basketball game or not, you can hear the Creighton Athletics Hour. Wednesday nights at 6 p.m. right after Unsportsmanlike Conduct, Jimmy Allen takes you around the entire world of Creighton Athletics, much as we do right here on the podcast. So we thought we would give you a highlight of this week's show. Jimmy had a chance to sit down and go back through the very successful season, yet another Big East Championship season for Creighton Volleyball and their head coach, Kirsten Bernthal-Booth. Here's Jimmy. Kirsten Bernthal Booth, head coach of the Creighton volleyball team, joins us here on the Creighton Athletics Hour. Uh, not only just against the top 25, you guys had tremendous success against the Big East as well. 16-2 and two in conference play. What, what, How much did having familiarity with the Big East and having players that have been through this rigmarole of this conference help this season? Well, you know, I think you always have that. You know, you're playing a lot of the same teams. I think the challenge this year was we lost one early to a team we were not supposed to lose to. Um, so we lose to Xavier, which put us behind, you know, behind the eight ball right away. And then we sustain a, a, a big injury to Nora Stith. Um, So we had to really focus on, and, and, and we were fighting to win our 10th Big East straight championship. So there's a lot of pressure with that. And so about mid-season, we felt like they were feeling it, and we had a conversation of, like, it is not about a Big East championship. Obviously, we want to do this, but it is about getting better, playing well every day, and trying to be our best at the end of the year. And I, I think that freed us up a little bit to, to play better, you know, because we were winning matches, but I didn't think we were playing well. You know, some of the teams in the Big East, we can, you know, play at a B level and win, but that's not going to get us to the destination that we want to get to long-term. So we, we, you know, we talked about that and um, I think that paid dividends, but the challenge of, of sometimes the big East volleyball is being prepared for the grind. You know, it's, it's a lot, we were on the road more this year than last year. Um, some matches, you know, some, some schools don't draw well, so you have to emotionally get up if, if you're not going to have a crowd there. So, um, and that takes leadership, people that, that know the value of every single match. You know, we, if we lose 
any more of those Big East matches, probably we don't host. You know, that's a big factor come NCAA tournament. Um, so the leadership plays a big role in that, too. Before we get to you hosting the, 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 those games of the Big East tournament, you, you mentioned it, a 10th straight Big East regular season championship. What does that accomplishment mean to you? I'm not good at reflecting, Jimmy. Um, sure. You know, <laughs> every team's different. Each one is special. Um, each one is hard. You know, a lot of those years, including last year, we were not picked to win the league. Um, so, you know, I think, I, I, you know, anytime I have to reflect, I think of all the women that have built this opportunity for the women that are playing now. You know, when, when we got here, we, you know, we didn't win our first conference championship until 2012, and that was in the Valley. And, um, gosh, they were standing on so many people's backs that had come before them. And I think, you know, our women that are having these opportunities now are doing the same, standing on, you know, all these people that grinded to, to get to the program to where it is now. Well, let's kind of reflect what, while looking ahead kind of at the same time, four of your players make the all-conference first team uh, with Kendra, Ava, Kiana, and, and Nora getting those honors. How big of a deal is that when we talk about recruiting? Yeah, I think it, it probably plays a bigger role than um, I probably should lean into that more in recruiting because you know, some kids are, are wired. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Are wired into <laughs> accolades. Um, I can't say that we are a program that necessarily talks about that a lot. or And I, I don't even know if I think our players are wired that way. Um, and maybe that's the type of athlete that we attract. I mean, you name those four players, none of those are me kids. They're definitely we kids. You know, they'll do, you know, Kendra uh, was named All-American, and she's like, I wish I'd gone further in the tournament. Like, that's kind of her response. And, <laughs> and then the next thing is, well, this is a team award. You know, I couldn't do it without my teammates. So so those are the type of women we have on the team. And um, But those things are good, you know, being able to say how many All-Americans you have, all-conference selections, regional com- selections those things obviously are good and we send that out in recruiting no question you, you talked about Nora and the injury she, she sustained kind of in the middle of the season how did she handle that adversity and and what kind of a teammate was she during that time period well I think she'd say it was hard um Nora's never had an injury like that in her life so uh but Nora a couple of big things about Nora is she knows she's more than a volleyball player. And um, I think that's huge. And I think that's really important for athletes to not just think that they are tied to their sport. And then the second thing is Nora is one of the best humans you're ever going to find. So she, you know, she's gone through something that's hard on a personal level, but she never let it affect the team. And she's, you know, in practice working hard. And then, you know, I think when she came back, Nora plays with great joy and calm, and I think that really helped our team because at points when he, she was away, I could see in pressure situations, sometimes we'd get stressed on the court. And I'm not saying that didn't happen when she returned at times, but I think she just has a really nice calming presence because, you know, again, she's a kid that in big moments, she loves that. She loves the game. She loves playing. I think she keeps it in perspective, which allows her to take risks at the end. Um, so, yeah, I mean, she handled it as I would have expected, but she handled it, uh, you know, with class. 
I saw you kind of talk about this in other interviews, but you guys were picked second at the beginning of the season to finish uh, in the beast after nine consecutive conference championships. How, how do you manage that as a coach and how often does that get addressed as soon as the season starts? Well, first of all, I love it. I'd love to be picked fifth every year. Um, I I would guess next year we'll be picked one. Uh, I would prefer to be picked two or three, but um, yeah, I mean, it. who cares where you're picked, right? So if you can use it right. to inspire your team to say, look at the disrespect that they're giving you, um, we definitely will lean into that. We don't talk about it a ton, but yeah, I mean, it gets brought up and um, hopefully they take it as a challenge. You guys don't drop a single set in the Big East tournament and win another Big East championship. Uh, how quickly did it flip to, okay, let's go focus on the big tournament now after that level of success? Very quickly. You know, I think I think we were stoked about the Big East tournament, but I think we also felt like we were playing very good volleyball. And so I don't think any of us felt surprised to be able to be playing well at the Big East tournament. I think we were surprised we didn't play Marquette. You know, they got upset by St. John's in the semifinal. Um, but, you know, at that point in the season, we felt like we were playing our best ball um, and we were ready to go into the tournament. And, you know, we didn't get the easiest draw in the NCAA tournament, and they really embraced the draw that we got. And uh, I thought did a good job. Yeah, the, the the struggles of getting out of DJ Sokol Arena when you've been hosting have, have been documented. You guys were able to do that this year with a tough draw. Obviously, you guys saw Colgate, a very well coached team, in that first in that first matchup, and then you guys saw uh, Minnesota after that. And you didn't drop a single set. What was the what was the uh, reaction from not only just your team but kind of the fan base around Creighton University it, when it was okay? We're on to the, we're on to the next round, and we haven't lost a single set at this point. Our fans have just been awesome. You know, they they showed up all year. We're, you know, selling out or close to a sellout almost every game. And, and credit our marketing staff on that, too. But, you know, I am I would lie if I didn't say that uh, the fact that we have had trouble getting out of uh, the, the second round the last few years didn't wear on me. It, it felt like a monkey got ripped off, off my back. And I don't know, I hope the players weren't feeling that, but I think to a degree, some of our older players were feeling that. And we can talk about why, you know, we've had major injuries the two years prior in the NCAA tournament to an All-American each time. But but it's still, the expectation is to get out. And um, so maybe some of it was relief, uh, but I, I will tell you it was, it was great joy and uh, that maybe as a coach, I haven't felt for many, many years. So it was, it was really awesome. It was awesome to do it on our home court. You know, we, we swept, but I think the score in the third game against Minnesota was like 28, 26 or 30, 28. It was, it was, you know, it went extra points and uh, it felt like a fifth game win um, just because that game was so competitive. You guys have a chance to kind of run this thing back a little bit next year. You are going to lose uh, four seniors from this team. You'll get Nora and Ava back next year. When you have someone like uh, Destiny Simpson from Omaha Westside, who'll be another year into this program. When we talk about expectations and the thought of maybe even possibly being even more dominant next year, what should expectations for this team be next season? You know, we'll we'll go through and the team will set some goals, but 
really the expectation is that we got to get better every single day and we have to respect every opponent. And if we, if we can go in and, and take steps forward and not take practices off and make good decisions off the court and be good teammates, this team has a really high ceiling. Um, but it's easy to say, Hey, we want to, we want to get to a final four. We want to win this, but those, that's what easy, that's the easy part. You can make your wishes all day long, but until you're ready to, to get up at 6 a.m. and work hard and when people aren't noticing you or get those extra reps in the gym or, or not go out on a Saturday night because you're not going to mess up your sleep cycle, that's what champions do. And so that's what we have to do to be great. We have to start now. You know, we'll start spring season aggressively next Monday. The season starts now, and um, hopefully have, we have the leadership that's committed to be great. Blue Jay basketball is getting ready for what I think is the most important three-game stretch of the season so far. Not important from the standpoint that these games count any more than others, but when you look at the opponents and you look at the league standings after three or four weeks of Big East play, you can see that Creighton has all three teams that are ahead of them up next on the slate starting this Saturday afternoon at noon against surprising St. John's. St. John's was picked to finish fifth, but they are off to their best start in Big East play since 2001. Rick Pitino certainly has that club playing very well right now. Joel Soriano is certainly in the running for Conference Player of the Year. It will be a tough matchup. This is a St. John's team that is very balanced from top to bottom. They play very deep as well, athletic, and it will be a big challenge, especially on the boards this Saturday afternoon. At least as of the recording of this show, there were just a handful of tickets left. Hopefully, if you haven't had a chance to get yours yet, make sure you go Creighton.com slash buy, and you can get into the arena for what should be a hot afternoon of basketball and what will be a very cold weekend and weeks to come, I am afraid, here in eastern Nebraska. But after St. John's, the Jays embark on a two-game road swing where they're going to be staying on the East Coast all week, starting with Wednesday night against UConn and then finishing up Saturday afternoon against Seton Hall. Seton Hall certainly the probably the biggest surprise in the Big East Conference, off to a 4-1 and start. But the Pirates are a dangerous team, and we all know about UConn, the defending national champion. So you look at the league standings right now, the Jays are chasing down those three teams, plus Villanova, whom they've already lost to. The Jays have their work cut out for them over the next 10 days. If they can come out of this stretch with a winning record, then you know Creighton's going to be in for the long haul. Should they slip up, Jays are going to be fighting hard just to stay out of the play-in game in the Big East because the middle of this league right now is extremely deep. Butler, who just scored a huge win at Marquette this week, has improved to 2-3. and three. They've proven to be a dangerous out. Xavier, certainly they're not ever going anywhere. Providence, who started the year 2-0 and and has since gone on a three-game skid. Granted, not having Bryce Hopkins has certainly hurt, but Providence has proven to be a very dead, deadly and dangerous opponent. They gave the Jays all that they could handle and also took St. John's down to the wire in Madison Square Garden. This is a league that is really, really stacked top to bottom. And keep in mind, the two teams that were at the top of the standings, Creighton and Marquette, are kind of sitting in the middle of the pack right now. So it just shows you how deep this conference is. These next three games are going to tell us an awful lot about this uh, Blue Jay Big East season and how far it can go. But so far, the Jays, after those first two losses, have bounced back with three straight victories. 
But again, this is why these next three games are important because those last three games have come against two of the worst teams in the division. DePaul hasn't won yet in Big East play, and Georgetown has only won one time. So Creighton's got a lot to prove, and we look forward to bringing you all the action on 1620 The Zone and 1019 The Keg as the Jays take on St. John's on Saturday at UConn next Wednesday and then at Seton Hall next Saturday. Speaking of basketball, senior guard Baylor Shireman has landed on the midseason watch list for the Wooden Award, which is awarded to the best player in college basketball. The senior guard leading both the league and Creighton with 18 points per game and eight rebounds per contest, while he is second on the team with 65 assists and 14 steals. And one thing about Baylor is you've really noticed his step up in his defensive efforts so far this season. He's going to be an important factor down the stretch for CU from not only a scoring and a rebounding perspective, but also handling some of the better wing players in the Big East Conference, the threes and the fours. So congratulations to Baylor, who just made the midseason top 25 list. And we have neared that time of year once again. It is time for the Creighton versus Cancer pink out auction of course the pink out game coming up in just a couple of weeks on the 27th of january against depaul at chi health center now is your chance to bid on the pink shooting shirts and the pink jerseys that will be worn in the game if you win the bid you get to customize those shooting shirts with whatever message or maybe honoring a loved one who has fought cancer you can do that by going to gocrayton.com slash pinkout auction. That's gocrayton.com slash pinkout auction. And that auction will be running through Sunday, January 21st. Items start to close at 6.30 in the evening that night. All the funds are going to Hope Lodge Omaha, which is a great facility in the metro area, which helps the cancer patients and their families have a place to stay for long-term cancer treatment. There are Hope Lodges all across the country where folks who have to travel long distances to get life-saving cancer care and cannot travel back and forth to home, they need long-term lodging. Well, unfortunately, in the past, many of those folks, if they didn't have a place to stay in that city, didn't have family members, would have to rent out hotel rooms for a very long period of time. It's a very expensive process. Well, Hope Lodge essentially provides that lodging for the cancer patient and their loved one so they can stay close to that life-saving treatment. Well, all the benefits throughout the years, this being the 13th annual Pink Out game, have gone to both building and maintaining the Hope Lodge Omaha. Unsportsmanlike Conduct on 1620 The Zone is going to be broadcasting live on Friday, January the 26th from the Hope Lodge, where we do our annual paper drive. They're looking for toilet paper products, paper towels, and other donations, perhaps uh, cards to local restaurants or gift cards to uh, local shops like Target or Walmart so that the cancer patients, while they are staying at the Hope Lodge, can go out and get their own things. Well, that is what we're going to be doing on the day before the pink out auction. Hope you can join us if you're in the Omaha area, or you can always go make a donation to the Hope Lodge by going to donate.cancer.org. And there is a link for the Creighton University pink out game and live broadcast. And you can just very simply donate online. Again, that's donate.cancer.org and just search for the Creighton University pink out game and live broadcast. But again, the website, if you want to 
Get involved in the Pink Out auction and win one of those shooting shirts and the pink jerseys that will be worn in the game. Go to gocrayton.com slash pinkoutauction for more details. We have raised almost a half. In fact, this year we will cross the half million dollar mark in monies earned through this auction for the Hope Lodge and the American Cancer Society in Omaha and Nebraska. So we'll hit that milestone this year. Thanks to everyone in the past who has donated. Thanks to all of you for still being out there and being willing to participate in such a special event. So again, the website, gocrayton.com slash auction. The auction going on through Sunday, January 21st. So you have less than two weeks. Make sure you get there. Not only after you bid, go back and check it. Make sure you're not getting beat. Raise that bet, Raise that bid up a little bit more and raise those funds for a great cause. Well, that'll do it for this week's 1620 The Jays podcast. We'll be back here next week with a fresh new episode. Make sure if you haven't already done so, hit the download button and hit the subscribe button and you'll be getting a fresh new podcast each and every Friday from us at 1620 The Zone, NRG Media, and Creighton Athletics. For Josh Peterson, for Jimmy Allen, for Connor Happer, I'm John Bishop. The 1620 The Jays podcast is a co-presentation of Creighton University Athletics and NRG Media Omaha. You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com aware. Terms apply.